G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. What if every Christian was just like you? You know, would services be attended faithfully? Would pews be empty or full? What if everyone prayed like you pray? Would we be a praying church? What if everybody evangelized as often as you evangelize? Would we be a church reaching a lost culture? It's not just the leaders who influence those around them. Pastor Greg Laurie says we need to consider who's following our example. You see, every one of us plays a role in the church. This is the day when the lost are found. by definition, are the representatives of Jesus Christ. We're the Lord's ambassadors. What are people learning about Christ by watching how we conduct ourselves? Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that we have certain resources that are on loan from God, time, talent, and treasures. But he wants us to use those resources for his kingdom. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie has some help for us. It's practical insight from his series called Essentials. Flash, Jesus Christ is coming back again. So what? Okay, Christ is coming back again. So what am I supposed to do? Well, for starters, I'm supposed to be an active, functioning part of the church. Here's what Hebrews 10.22 says. Let's hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm For God can be trusted to keep His promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. So how are you doing in that regard? Here's a question. What if everybody attended church the way you attend? What if every Christian was just like you? You know, would services be attended faithfully? Would pews be empty or full? What if everyone prayed like you pray? Would we be a praying church? What if everyone worshiped like you? Would we be a worshiping church or would we be a silent church? What if everybody evangelized as often as you evangelize? Would we be a church reaching a lost culture? What if everybody gave as faithfully of their finances as you give? Would we have a church that had the needs met or would they be neglected? You see, the church is made up of all of us together and we either contribute to its strength and growth or to its weakness and decline, but every one of us plays a role in the church. The story is told from history of the king of Sparta. He was boasting to a visitor about the walls of Sparta. 
The visitor looked around and couldn't see any walls at all. And the Spartan king told his guest, you see in Sparta, every man is a brick. And pointing to the army, he said, these are the walls of Sparta. <laughs> and that's true of the church. Every believer is a brick, or as the Bible says, we're living stones, as the great theologians Pink Floyd reminded us, all in all, you're just another brick in the wall. Yeah, so we are. We're a brick, we're a stone. We play a part in the church. So we should not be spectators. We should be participants. And this is what can make the difference between church being life-altering for you or just another thing that you do. You just come when you have time and when you can work it in and you just kind of check in and check out early and, and you're in a passive spectator mode, then church is one thing. I mean, it will do you some good still. But then you come and say, no, I, I'm, I want to be in the game. I want to be involved. I want to serve. I want to glorify God. I want to play a role in this church. Man, it will make all the difference in the world. President Theodore Roosevelt said years ago, quote, it's not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or the doer of deeds could have done better. No, says Roosevelt, the credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error or shortcoming, end quote. So in the same way, the credit goes to the believer that's in the arena, that doesn't just talk about it, but the believer who's doing it. You know, some Christians are setting the world on fire while others are still looking for a match. You need the church. And the church needs you because we're part of a family. This is one of the problems with church hopping. A lot of people like to do that. I, I like to go to lots of churches. I go to this church Sunday morning and this church Sunday night. And, and then sometimes I go to a different church the next Sunday morning and then a different one the next Sunday morning. And then sometimes I'll just watch something on TV. And, you know, and they think that's a great thing. Like they're so mature. They go to all these churches. Actually, that's a bad thing. <laughs> I think you'd be surprised. I know that most pastors would agree with me on this. I mean, if someone's coming to our church and we're just one of the churches they visit, you know what I say to them? I say, hey, you're welcome, glad you came, but you need to lock into a single church and be a part of that church. Why? Because first of all, you need a consistent theology. Number two, you need a pastor. Number three, you need a body of believers where you're accountable, who will help you and build you up and call you out if you're crossing the line. You know, some people I think, they don't wanna walk as they ought to walk as a believer, so they figure if they keep moving, no one will know. And that's a way for them to avoid that. You need to be in a place where you can contribute with your gifts that God has given you. You need a place to serve. You need a place to give. We all need to be a part of the church. Okay, now, with that in mind, let's look now at the words of Jesus in Matthew 25. This is a parable that he told. Now, you know what a parable is, right? Parable is a story. It's an illustration. It's uh, been defined as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So to make his point, Jesus would tell a story. We all love a good story, don't we? We remember stories. Jesus illustrated his messages a lot and told stories to bring the point home. So Matthew 25 is one of those stories showing us how we are to live as we wait for the Lord's return. Matthew 25, starting in verse 14, and I'm gonna read from the New Living Translation. 
Jesus says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a trip. He called together his servants and gave them money to invest for him while he was gone. He gave five bags of gold to one, two bags of gold to another, one bag of gold to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities Then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of gold began immediately to invest the money and he soon doubled it. The servant with two bags of gold went right to work and doubled the money. But the servant who received the one bag of gold dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money for safekeeping. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and he called them to give an account on how they used their money. And the servant to whom he entrusted the five bags of gold said, Sir, you gave me five bags of gold to invest and I doubled the amount. The master was full of praise. Well done. My good and faithful servant, you've been faithfully in handling this small amount. Now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Next comes the servant who received two bags of gold with a report. Sir, he gave me two bags of gold to invest and I doubled the amount. The master said, well done. Good and faithful servant, you've been faithful in handling this small amount. Now I'll give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And then the servant with one bag of gold came and said, Sir, I know you're a hard man. Harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth and here it is. Pulls it out of the ground, worms coming out of it. That's my commentary, by the way. That's not in the text. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. You think I'm a hard man to you? Harvesting crops I didn't plant and gathering crops I didn't cultivate. Well, at least you should have put my money in the bank so I could have gained some interest. Take the money from that servant. Give it to the one who has 10 bags of gold. Now here's the conclusion. Jesus always comes to a conclusion. To those who use well what they're given, even more will be given and they'll have an abundance. But from those who are unfaithful, even what little they have will be taken away. We'll stop there. All right, so in this parable, each person is given a different amount to invest. Verse 15, he gave five bags of gold to one, two bags of gold to another, one bag of gold to the lost, dividing it in proportion to their abilities and then he left on his trip. So, this master did not give them his money to keep, but to invest. He didn't say, here, this is yours now. It was still his. He said, invest my money. Uh, not everyone was given equal amounts. And in the same way, we don't have equal abilities. You know, it's not how much you have that matters to God. It's what you do with what you have that matters to God. Some of us are what we might describe as a five-bag person. You know, we, we have a lot of advantages in life. Some may be a, you know, one-bag person. Uh, that doesn't matter. Well, what matters is what you do with the opportunities that are given to you. We're not all dealt the same hand, if you will, at birth. You know, some are born into wealth, some are not. Some are born perfectly healthy, others are not. Some are born into intact homes. Others are born into broken homes. So again, we're not dealt the same hand, but each of us has a God-given opportunity to play the cards we've been dealt for the glory of God and the good of others. Let me say that again. Every one of us has a God-given opportunity to play the cards you've been dealt for the glory of God and the good of others. 
You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And today he's looking at the parable of the talents, leading our study in Matthew chapter 25. It's the final message in his Essentials series. Let's continue. So let's look at this first guy. Uh, he could hardly wait to show the master what he had done. Verse 20 of Matthew 25 the one that he gave five bags of gold said, I doubled what you gave me. So he's, the master is very pleased with that. Well done. Now the second guy did well as also he, he took what the master gave him and doubled it. Uh, but this uh, third guy, man, he's just pathetic. He didn't really do anything with what the master gave him. You know, the first two servants brought forth effort. The servant brought forth an excuse in the third category. He says, well, I know you're a hard man. Harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth, and here it is. Instead of loving his master like the other two, it sounds like this guy resented his master. He actually blames his boss for his own shortcomings. And sometimes people are that way with God. We'll say, well, you know, God, it's just not fair the way my life turned out. It's not fair the hand you dealt me. And I'm mad at you. I'm angry at you. Because you were always out to get me. What a faulty view of God. Maybe it's true. God's always been out to get you. But he's been out to get you in the same way that the father was out to get the prodigal son. He wanted to get to him and throw his arms around him and show him his love. But maybe you have a concept of God as, as someone who's out to ruin your life, to, to spoil your fun, etc. Nothing could be further from the truth. Here's a problem with this third guy. He was just lazy. My friend James Merritt summed it up this way. He said this, quote, Instead of doing the possible, he's attempting the impossible. He's trying to defend the indefensible. That's because there's no excuse and there's no defense for refusing to seize an opportunity to take responsibility to use any ability for the glory of God, end quote. It was Benjamin Franklin who said, and I quote now, I found the people who are best at making excuses are not much good at doing anything else. And there's some people, they're just great excuse makers. They always have their excuses and then there are those people that just go out there and get it done. You see, this guy was offering an excuse or to be blunt, it really was a lie. Now, here's an interesting thing. The ancient Roman Empire had a banking system not unlike what we have today. The interest earned on deposits back then was around 6%, which isn't bad. And so this guy could have just put it in the bank and earned 6%, but instead he buries it in the ground. What kind of person takes money and buries it in the ground? Well, actually, I read a little news article the other day about a Sierra Nevada couple who dug up $10 million worth of 19th century gold coins stuffed into rusty cans. Turns out that the original owner of them took all of this money and put it in cans and buried it in their yard. They felt that was the best place to keep it. Well, that was a bad decision. And we can do the same thing. We can take a gift that God gives to us and we can just bury it. Oh, I'm not going to use that gift. I'm not going to develop that gift. I'm not going to cultivate that gift. But think about this. There is three things that God has given to every believer to use in life. They are time, talent, and treasure. We all have it. We have time, we have talent, and we have treasure. And we're to take those things and use them for the glory of God. So 
How are you using them? So look at how the master deals with this one irresponsible servant. He says, take the money away from this servant. Give it to the one with the 10 bags of gold. To those who use well what they're given, even more will be given and they'll have an abundance. But from those who are unfaithful, even what little they have will be taken away. Interesting, in God's kingdom, the redistribution of wealth has a different meaning, doesn't it? So it's not take it from the guy who has a lot and give it to the guy who doesn't have anything. In this story, it's take it from the guy who didn't do anything with what he was given and give it to the man who is faithful with what the Lord gave him. So maybe we need to be thinking about what God has given to us. Because as I said, He's given to us gifts. When you become a Christian and you ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, the Bible promises that He gives gifts of the Spirit. In fact, Romans 12 says we have different gifts according to the grace that's given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according to your proportion of faith. If your gift is serving, then serve. If your gift is teaching, then teach. If your gift is encouraging, then encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, then give generously. If it's leadership, then govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, do it cheerfully. We have different gifts. Not according to our merit. The Bible says we being many are one body in Christ, having then gifts differing from each other according to the grace that is given to us. So God gives you these gifts, but the gifts don't come fully developed. You have to take that gift and develop it to the passing of time. I've shared this story before, but I only have four stories, so I'll recycle it. <laughs> I always wanted to be a, a graphic artist, a cartoonist, and and I loved the Disney films when I was a kid growing up. And so I really wanted to be an animator. And so one day my mom, who had a lot of husbands and boyfriends in between, brought a home guy, uh, brought a home guy, brought a guy home. I don't know what a home guy is. <laughs> kind of like a homeboy, but he's a home guy, right? <laughs> so she brought a guy home who was an actual living, breathing animator for Disney. I didn't believe it. I said, prove it. He pulls out a pencil draws a flawless Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck, I can't recall. And then he said to me, Greg, if you will take this pencil and go away and go to bed now and put the pencil under your pillow, when you wake up in the morning, you'll be able to draw like me. Well, I believed it. Sadly, I was 30. <laughs> no, I was very young. So I grabbed the little pencil, in my mind, the magical pencil. I went to bed so excited I could hardly sleep. When I wake up, I'm going to be able to be a Disney animator. And, and I woke up the next morning, pulled the pencil out, and sure enough, I drew the same way I drew the day before. Because there's no such thing as a magic pencil. Not looking back in retrospect, I think that guy just wanted to be with my mom. <laughs> but sometimes that's how we want a gift to come to us, fully developed. No, God will give you a gift. Now you take that gift and you develop it through use. It's even a talent can be uh, compared to it, though gifts and talents are different in many ways, but maybe you have a musical ability, but you get good at what you do through practice. I'll tell you, these musicians, they practice. They work hard at what they do. And if you have a gift in another area, you work at that. Well, in the same way, God gives you these gifts of the Spirit, so you develop them.
really good insight on putting our gifts of the Spirit into practice from Pastor Greg Laurie's message today called So What? And there's more to come as this study continues here on A New Beginning. Next time, we'll have the final instalment in this message from Pastor Greg. It's his Essentials series. Be sure to tune in again next time for A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called, So What? If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app, where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or visionstore.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 